from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit slash hypergig with details. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that untangles history one day at a time. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're looking at an invention that forever changed the face of the American West, and not necessarily for the better. The day was November 24th, 1874. Farmer and rancher Joseph Glidden was granted a patent for double-stranded barbed wire. His unique design proved to be an ideal fencing material for the Western territories of the United States. Because it was easily mass-produced, Glidden's wire was an affordable and highly effective way for settlers to enclose their property. That way, their cattle couldn't get out, and any would-be thieves couldn't get in. Glidden was far from the first to come up with the idea for barbed wire. In fact, other U.S. patents predate his by as much as seven years, and Glidden's design was directly inspired by one of those other barbed wires. In 1873, inventor Henry Rose set up an exhibit at the DeKalb County Fair in Illinois, which happened to be Joseph Glidden's hometown. Rose was there to show off his promising new invention, a single strand of wire with a series of small, sharp barbs wrapped around it at different points. 
Rose touted barbed wire as the perfect way to fence in cattle, but when Glidden visited the exhibit, he saw obvious room for improvement. Namely, there was nothing to hold the barbs in place. When the wire was moved, they just slid around freely. Glidden solved that problem by twisting a second strand of smooth wire together with the first, so that the barbs between them were locked in place. He filed for a patent on this new double-stranded design in October of 1873, and received it on November 24th of the following year. By that point, there were dozens of barbed wire designs on the market, but Glidden's easily stood out from the crowd. It quickly became the most commercially successful of all the designs, known across the West as Winner Wire. It may not have been the first barbed wire, but according to Glidden and his satisfied customers, it was the best. The effectiveness of Glidden's design was key to its success, but so too was his ability to mass-produce it. The farmer-turned-inventor had started out manufacturing his wire by hand on his farm, but he gradually found a way to mechanize the process, using machinery and old-fashioned horsepower. That cemented his product as the one true winner wire, since it could be made faster and in greater quantities than anyone else's. Not long after securing his patent, Glidden partnered with Isaac Elwood to form the Barb Fence Company of DeKalb to manufacture the product. That first year, they produced roughly 32 miles worth of wire, and American farmers recognized its utility right away. One user extolled the many virtues of the wire over other kinds of fences, saying, quote, It takes no room, exhausts no soil, shades no vegetation, is proof against high winds, makes no snowdrifts, and is both durable and cheap. In 1876, Glidden's Winner Wire found a valuable partner in Texas salesman John Warren Gates, better known as Bet-A-Million Gates. The nickname came from a famous demonstration he gave on Alamo Plaza in San Antonio. After penning up a herd of longhorn cattle using Glidden's wire, Gates would take bets from spectators as to whether the seemingly fragile wire could withstand the force of the powerful steers. When it ultimately did, Gates would sing the praises of the product, calling it, quote, Light as air, stronger than whiskey, and cheap as dirt. Texas sales climbed quickly from that point on, turning barbed wire into a permanent part of the region's landscape, for better or worse. As time went on, demand for Glidden's barbed wire only seemed to grow. Within just six years of the product's debut, Glidden's factory increased its annual output from 32 miles of wire to 263,000 miles, enough to circle the globe nearly ten times. By that point, Glidden had already cashed out of the barbed wire business. He'd sold his half of the venture to a competitor, but made sure to retain the right to royalties. As for the company he co-founded with Elwood, it continued on and was eventually incorporated into U.S. Steel, which of course is still around today. At this point, you might be wondering what was fueling such a ravenous hunger for barbed wire. The easiest answer is the Homestead Act of 1862. Signed into law by Abraham Lincoln, the act declared that any reputable citizen, including women and the formerly enslaved, was permitted to claim up to 160 acres of free land in the country's western territories. 
The only stipulation was they had to build a home there and work the land for five years. It was a prospect that proved easier said than done the further west people went. By the 1870s, westward expansion across the Great Plains had slowed to a crawl as settlers didn't have enough building materials to properly fence in their new property. Native Americans had survived in the region just fine for centuries without the need for enclosures, and European cowboys who let their herds roam free had no need for them either. But for settlers looking to build a homestead, fences were a necessity, not just to keep their livestock from wandering away, but to keep the cowboys' free-range cattle from destroying their crops. The real problem was those settlers had chosen to move to a prairie where there were no tall trees to build their fences from. Their only options were to have the wood they needed delivered to the nearest train station, a costly prospect, or to find some other building material, something much cheaper and more readily available than wood. Most settlers chose the latter option and began experimenting with thorn hedges and with smooth wire to create barriers around their property. When those efforts failed, the best features of both methods were combined to create barbed wire, and the rest is history. By 1890, fenced-in ranches and farms had all but replaced the once unbounded spaces of the American West. The Homestead Act had made private ownership of the land permissible, and Glidden's barbed wire had made it practical. From there, it was only ever a matter of time. And while barbed wire was a dream come true for the farmers and ranchers of the plains, it was a nightmare for everyone else who had called the region home. To them, the invention had made the landscape infinitely more hostile, both in appearance and in action. For cowboys, barbed wire was a constant threat to their cattle. Countless steer wandered into it while grazing and walked away with nasty cuts and infections, while thousands of others didn't walk away at all. In that way, barbed wire spelled the end of open-range cattle grazing in the U.S. But the death of an industry was nothing when weighed against the wire's toll on Native American families. The homesteaders had used the wire to carve up land that had once been the territory of numerous tribes. Then, two decades later, the Dawes Act forced Native Americans onto predetermined patches of land, freeing up the rest for the cultivation of white settlers. As a result, those tribes grew more and more isolated, cut off from much of the land and people that had shaped their culture for centuries. Glidden had called his product the winner, but the tribes who wound up on the losing side of the land grab had a different name for it. To them, it was the devil's rope. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a second and you're so inclined, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can get in touch with me directly by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.